0: This is the Over the Coals Podcast, where we're taking a no-bullshit approach. We're bringing our favorite chefs, farmers, and producers of some of the best food with the least agenda and just the admiration of ingredients, traditions, cultures, and honestly, just what I call the obsession. A lot of respect going out to our sponsors, Hardwood Brothers, the premier kiln-dried firewood. All the crazy fires you've seen me light over the few years have been fueled by those guys, and uh, I appreciate the support and the nudge by them to put this platform together and uh, get down to what we love about food and and make things real for you. So uh, go to their website, hardwoodbrothers.com. Use my my code. It's Angelo, A-N-G-E-L-O write it down don't forget it and uh if your pizza maker hit me up you know let's uh let's talk wood <laughs> all right that felt very official that was the first time we actually got to start with the intro involved i like it but uh welcome second episode over the Coles podcast i uh, i like uh the fact that this sto- this whole shebang we're doing is unscripted and just off the cuff I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves, please. If
1: you don't mind, I'm Sergeant.
2: Michael Leube from Fornino. How are you? I'm Angelo
1: Capatello from A&S Fine Foods.
2: And you're also his father. Well, <laughs> was, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. right. more important. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, we're here together because the connection of us go back. I don't know how many years really has it been.
2: Well, oh, so wow. we opened up uh, Cucina in '90. '90. So wow, 33 years ago. All right. Well, wow, it's like yesterday. We were young then. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I
0: was seven and still the same height. I <laughs> so uh, I want to start right away. And, uh, Michael, I want to give you a chance to tell us about Fornino. Tell
2: what you do. Well, Fornino is uh, like like the OG of uh, wood-fired pizza in Brooklyn, uh, New York. You know, uh, arguably, we started the wood-fired craze in New York. Uh, we opened up in 2004. So I was, you know quite a while ago, and we've had multiple locations, different locations. We have uh, three locations now, in Brooklyn Bridge Park, you know, Manhattan Avenue, in Greenpoint, and we also were selected to be the pizza for the Timeout Market. So we've been very special, we've had a great career, and it's something that, it's a passion project, Um, you know, I've been cooking, cooking for, I don't know, I'm 66 years old, I started Cooking when I was 13, I bought my first restaurant when I was 20. So, it was Very a while cool. ago. Very cool. And,
1: please, please, if you don't mind. I started at A&S in 1972, and worked with uh, Anthony Shigitano and then I went on my own And uh, when I was 24 years old, opened my first store in uh, Westchester County, Yonkers.
0: And now? And where are you? Where
1: now, are you? now I'm in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, in Monroe,
0: Connecticut. All right, that's Angelo Specialties that's now, Angelo right? Specialties now, yes, I it. Uh, all right, so question. How did you go from fine dining? Because what I remember as a kid was Cucina, which we'll get to later. But how did you go from fine dining to pizza? That's what I, I, I'd, I'd
2: love to hear the answer. Well, you know, pizza, even, even when we had Cucina, we had pizza on the menu. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was a very, very thin pizza. I remember that. Yeah. A really, really thin pizza. Um, this, uh, it, it used to break machines because there was such low hydration in it and what we would do is we would actually roll out the pizza dough and cut it and stack it really so and then we would just cook it in the oven so the oven we had at the time was a regular baker's oven mm-hmm. and we put some fire bricks in it so now it became a brick oven that's what i did in my that's what i did in my household
0: oven here actually when i first started learning pizza which is great cuz we when we first you know reconnected obviously many years later I was saying how I remember my first taste of gorgonzola, and I didn't know it was gorgonzola because I didn't eat it again. Years later, was the four-cheese pizza, the right, quattro right, right. formaggi. And I'm glad to hear because I've gotten into, like, a Roman Tonda style, and that's the same idea. Yeah, the yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. So, um, again, if you've read my Instagram posts, if you've seen my stories, you've seen that I talk about how we, when I was younger, we used to go to Cucina in Brooklyn, and we would sit with Chiquitano, and we would have a meal, and I can remember almost every meal. To a point. Thank you. And uh, you know, so we I weren't drinking it. No, the well age. that's it. <laughs> but I, I always wonder by the way, you can hear a fourth laugh in the background. It's that's Rick. Me. He's off camera. We can't fit we can't fit all of us on in this tiny little pizza kitchen. Definitely
3: can't fit me in there.
0: But uh, you know, I always said, you know, growing up it was the food we ate at home. My parents, my grandparents, aunts and uncles, yada yada, the the, the fresh produce from my grandfather's garden, and I remember Cucina. Because it was my first understanding or experience of a finer dining place we ate country family style which is my favorite but it was the idea of uh, you know you had all the bean spreads and the quattro formaggi we talked about and i could i could still taste the flavor to me it's interesting to know like the transition to pizza for some chefs because some the way i can say it and i don't mind saying it without naming names some chefs they phone it in after a while and just start pizza chains with no soul to it but that's not what you've done at all at all love
2: what i do I'm yeah. very, I'm blessed. You know, I really love what I do. Um, I'm still doing it. You know, I still write menus. I still get in there. You know, uh, a couple of times a week, get in there w- with the guys to make some new, new specials. We change seasonally, so it's always. I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm blessed to find something that I really love to do. So I never really toiled. You know, all my life, I've, I've been very, uh, very blessed.
0: So do you find that the obsession like and the love for ingredients just turns into that love for dough? Because the events we've done together, we've done doughs made with just beer and no water, with the, the spent grain grind, like different unique things that, you know, there's great pizza all over the place, but not a lot of it is focused really in the background. And even maybe if a certain percentage of guys like me really get it and understand it, but you're right, still right. doing it that way.
2: You know, cooking is one of the professions that you can never learn everything. You know, if you if you're an, uh, an accountant, you know all the rules. You know, you know the laws. You know, there's many professions, uh, but the point is, you could never learn everything about cooking. Um, you know, if you if you my family will tell you, I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always studying at night or writing another book, reading another book. You know, there's always something. There's always something to be learned. So that's what that's what the drive is for me, um, to always try to push it to the next mm-hmm. level. You know, and never have never sat on a laurel. You know, we've had some successes, Uh, and actually, Cucina was the first restaurant ever to be reviewed by the New York Times. Let's actually, since
0: you mentioned it, let's go back and talk about Cucina, because I remember it 33 years ago as I was seven. I can remember being there and sitting there, and you guys all waiting on us, and the 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 different bites and the and the feel of it and it was unique to us. We didn't really go out much when I was a kid. And if we did we went to local places. Right. Again cuz look at all the food I grew up around. I mean going right, out sure, was like sure, whatever. Sure. So what was you know I tell people that don't know about cucina it's been gone a while.
2: So cucina was uh the name was cucina for the fact that the kitchen was bigger than the restaurant. Yeah. Literally and that's very that very rare these that's days. That's like my new place. Especially <laughs> especially that uh, you know I was what square footage cost so the Scorchino was in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and it was in an area of Park Slope that, you know, at the time in 1989, it was not as popular as it is today, obviously. Um, so it was a pretty rough rough and tumble neighborhood. It was a, it was an old catering kitchen that the Shigatanos had, and uh, they didn't really do very well with their catering. So I came and took over the catering company, then I realized that there's a store next door. Mm. It was a glass store. And we punched a hole in the wall, and we went into the restaurant business. Everybody <laughs> thought I was crazy you know, to open up a, a restaurant on Fifth Avenue. And you, you know, were 24, people, you said. People, uh, did, no, at the time, uh, I, so I was 20 when I opened up my first restaurant, but that was in 77. So I was in uh, so in 89, you know, I was, I was, I was already a seasoned pro in, it, yeah, in, right. in, my, in, my, in my life, <laughs> in my world, anyway. So the, the issue is that we had, you know, hooking up with Chicotano. Know, this, if you know, people who don't people know don't know who Anthony is. Yeah, well, is. that we should. We should a, a he was A and S pork store, and he was. Uh, he was a pretty smart businessman. Uh, a real pain in the ass at times, <laughs> 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 but, that's for sure. <laughs> but he had, you know, he had twenty two pork stores, yep. so he was really the first guy in New York. You know, there were salam areas that sold meat. And there was the lattechini's that sold the mozzarella and the, and the pastas and things like that. So he was the first guy to really put it together, and he had some great guys. And you know, your father was one of them yep. that really you know put this whole scenario of Italian specialty stores on the map because you still don't see that anymore. I mean, uh, you know, it, and really the amount of work. I mean, these guys made their own salamis. They cured their own you know coppas, the prosciuts. Made the mozzarella fresh every day, fresh sausage, dried right. sausage i mean this is this was an art form
0: It's a different business now, and there's still many a and s stores around There's still stores that are similar to. I find that there's not a lot of soul to a lot of them. They're not producing their own products like they used to and i I mean to be fair, a lot of places don't produce their own products like they used to just because the availability of right. producers yeah. of of any quality well, but times times have changed also. Yeah, I mean, the new yeah. generation yeah.
1: came in, they don't really they don't really do what we used to do when we were younger yeah, I mean, we learned from the old generation. But now nobody's teaching them. Right, right. You so, try so to teach them, right? You know, it's not the same. Education
0: switched a lot to YouTube, switched a lot to the influencers, and you know, there's a part of it that's good because they're spreading people trying different things. I think, but people in a lot of these businesses, I feel like it's a lost art. You know, I know a lot of stores that buy pre-made mozzarella. I know a lot of places that don't. You know, making the salumi is probably the hardest part of all that, especially now with all the regulations well, regulation. and whatnot. But at the same time, you know, it's the, the business evolved. Growing up in his store in Thornwood. I we butchered mostly. I mean, we had what a thirty foot butcher case or twenty. Yeah, thirty feet. So yeah. it was there was always butchering going on. The basis of it, but there was the prepared foods, the mozzarella. It was all, but it was like this core was meat. It was the production of meat in the, in the and the scamorza, the mozzarella, and it's very rare to find that. I find that you you see a lot of places now that are a little more the modern version of it. You could say hipstery for some of them, where you know it's maybe a little more of presence other than substance, but at least it's there. But like what. Tell everybody how you started with a and know you said you started at... started so uh, washing dishes. Well, uh, with, oh, at how shit. Old? Really? Yeah, I I was, washing dishes. And you still wash dishes. Yeah, though still no wash dishes. dishes not to. No, I started... In, uh, you know, but that, he's very good at it. <laughs> very good. <laughs> you know,
1: I started making salumis, prosciuttos, capicolo. We used to make all that when I was a kid. What, yeah, how, what age
0: was that? Where, where did you start? Well,
1: I was, well I was 16. I think it was 16. Right. Not even... Right. And how did you pick it up? How did I pick it up? Yeah, like getting smacked in the back of the head by a guitar. That's the thing is that there was a different
0: form of motivation allowed yeah. back then. Yeah. And you know what? For for better or worse, you know, when it comes right. to family or or employees or workers, it, it shapes people in ways. You know, yeah, There's,
3: you know,
1: you don't get that no more though. Today you can't even yell at them today. Yeah, years ago we used to get kicked, slapped. But listen, everybody came out of there. Came out. You know
0: relatively black and blue <laughs> <laughs>
1: the but they all got a head of life what they're supposed to right today it's like you try to teach people they still, they don't get it they don't get it that's it's, why these stores are uh how you said they're like uh dinosaurs mm-hmm. that's why
0: Absolutely, and unfortunately a lot of those dinosaurs are going out. We lost uh, Avella, what was the name of the place in in the city? You know, there's a lot that's going on, and unfortunately I think it's a lot that the generation after the owners don't want to take over or they don't have it in them or they want to, you know, there's a lot that also take it as more of a business and spread it out differently. Right, right. You know, um, I know growing up you didn't want me to do this, to be in the food business. You tell me to go to school, be a doctor, be a lawyer, and I just fell in love with it, and that's what happens. But for a lot of these stores, you know, people didn't want to work like their fathers did. People didn't want that grudge.
2: It's also, you know, in the, those Italian stores, I mean, Shiketana used to open up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I mean, so why would you open up a, a, a retail store at 6 o'clock in the morning? Because Nona used to come at 6.30 <laughs> yeah. and buy the food yeah. for the day. Right. Grandma, we did. they didn't put them in nursing homes. Grandma was there. She, they, Somebody got her to the store. She came to the store. She came, went, and went, went home and cooked all day long. Yeah. You know, it's also, you know, to have a store that has only meat and cheese is not very convenient today. Right, I so. mean, let's face it, you know, even in, as your stores have evolved, you have uh, you have more butchering, you have th- items on the shelf, you have bread, you have sauces prepared, prepared foods and this and that. Because to go to one store yeah. for one thing, to park the car, I mean, it's a little bit more difficult yeah, these days. Absolutely. To, no, that's you know,
1: why we had to change, from uh, you know, when I first started changing the stores to prepare foods, they, you know the guys go, "Oh, you're crazy! We're a pork store." Mm-hmm. That's not what it is today. Husband and wife work today. Nobody they want to come home. They come to the store buy a dinner already made, and they go home. Sure, sure. Well, and that that's would, how it is. When
0: when did that transition start?
1: Nineteen, I don't know. Nineteen eighty, I think it started, something like that. Started, you know, very maybe like.
0: Started. But that was in the in the first store in Yonkers. That's yeah, that's, yeah which first is store still Yonkers. there in in Yonkers. I pork store. Right. Your brother, my uncle, is still there. He now it's what forty three years. So yeah, forty three years. Yeah. So sixteen years old. You started where in the in the original location? Which the original was,
1: location on Fifth yeah. Avenue and Cavill and Garfield, Brooklyn. Okay, and and it was a, a block away from Cucina. That's yeah. what I was just going to ask. I remember, <laughs> I
0: remember being close to Cucina. My mind
2: tells me it was across the street, but I, no, it, was the it was down the block because owned these buildings. Yeah. He was buying these buildings when nobody wanted them. Yeah, so now you can't, you know, can't afford. Smart it. guy, smart, I mean, very yeah. smart guy. But right. you know, nah. you know, the, the, I have an expression. You know, to stand still to, is to fall behind. Yep. You know, so mm-hmm. they really you have to keep evolving. You know, have in, to in your business, Absolutely. whether your menus, your your business. I mean, food. I mean, I'm in the kitchen forty some odd years. The things that I learned forty years ago aren't really applicable anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, that type. I mean, granted, there's techniques that will always be you know, yeah. there. I mean, uh, when I I teach for CCNY at times, and the first thing I tell them when I have the whole class in the auditorium, I said, I don't want you to learn a recipe, mm-hmm. and they were ah, like, you hear the <gasps> in the room. I said, I want you to learn technique. Mm-hmm. If it was only about recipes, I mean, there's millions and millions of cookbooks out there. Oh yeah. If there was, if it was only about recipes, everybody would be a four star chef. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But it's technique, you know, and there's certain nuances and technique of things that that's where the chef, that's where you know uh, somebody will teach you. That's the, that's the difference. I mean, mozzarella. We all make mozzarella here, and you and I have been. Bantering for years, Angelo. Who makes the better mozzarella? Oh, we suck and, out, your, we suck and your out, son's you know. pretty damn good too. <laughs> yeah, but it's the most simplest recipe in the world. Yeah. Think about it. Cut the mozzarella somehow, whether you're on a guitar, your hands, or this hot water and salt and pull. That's right, it. Okay, that's the recipe. That's it. Okay. You know, who makes garbage, who makes stuff like the cardboard, exactly. who makes things that will melt in your mouth. Right. Exactly. That's the thing,
0: and when I do demos, when I do consultations, I know what's that other people are like, oh, that's it. Like, look, the process is easy. It's, I can make 40 pounds in 10 minutes, yeah. but it's about the consistency. It's about knowing when the water's too hot, knowing when there's too much salt. It's it's
2: the age of the curd. I mean, it's how the feel how, how of how it's temperature the of the curd. Exactly. Who left Who left the curd out overnight? Mm-hmm. You know, who cuts it on the guitar? Who, you know I mean? There's a Absolutely. million, there's a million variables
0: in it. Well, nowadays, and you know, it's a trend right now to make hot mozzarella tableside at some places. To me, hot mozzarella is always the same. It's always great. It's creamy. It's it's salty. It's delicious. To me, I've always said the mozzarella, you know, it's good when it's been made four hours ago or taken out of the fridge four days later. That's when it really. And you know, a lot of people do these demos. They're stretching the curd to the ceiling and all that, and and it's great and it's creamy. And but. We as mozzarella makers for retail, when we're making whether it's hundred pounds in the morning or five hundred pounds for Christmas, it's all about that person taking it home and how they store it and how they eat, it. and it still has to be a good product.
2: I mean, for many, many years, I made the mozzarella. Mm-hmm. For, <clears throat> once I got to about a thousand pounds a week, my you know, my my shoulders were starting <laughs> to give up, give out, and uh, and I actually do have arthritis in my left shoulder because of it. Um, but that's it. The reality is, is so far both <laughs> of my hands. <laughs> But you know, but the reality is, I would I would uh, refrigerate the mozzarella for one day, you know, mm-hmm. just to give it a little bit of age to the mozzarella. Mm-hmm. Would actually make it to develop the flavors a little better, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to use it on pizza. Absolutely if you're going to slice it fresh on a sandwich, you know, a little of prosciutto course. mozzarella, yeah, put a little pesto a pizza, on it. arugula. You, to you oh, gotta yeah. you gotta have Absolutely. yeah the, the, that fresh fresh off the pizza doesn't work. See, no. but that's
0: where I see the difference between the stuff done for social media or tableside at restaurants that are that are trendy is. It's the flash, it's the hot cream mozzarella, it's always good. The difference in understanding a product, to me, is how it is, how it, as it develops, right. and what you're using it for. You know, the way I make mozzarella and we make mozzarella is a very quick process compared to a lot of people, you know, and why? Because we're using it as, a, as, a, as something people could eat on their own. It's not going to be melted, it's not going to be cooked in the oven or on a pizza right. or something, so I feel, do, do you feel like... Even though we have all this education out there with YouTube and con- consultants and whatnot do you feel that there's a loss of that of technique focus
2: you, so you, you, you keep mentioning YouTube just because you see it on YouTube doesn't mean it's right exactly I mean Thank I, you, I mean, I mean, you got that point. on record yeah that's right? yeah, I mean, a great point I, like that. I mean really it's like oh it's on the internet it must be true you you gotta be kidding me now guys these guys have a bunch of young I mean, that's a, There are some people that are very knowledgeable. Of course. There's no question. Yeah. Um, so let me give that. Let I me mean, put that down. <laughs> but there's some people that don't know their ass from third base. Yeah. And they, because they put it on YouTube, now yep. they're authorities. Yep. Exactly. I mean, where where, where did they get? Where, where they come off with? You know, they they made matzo one time. I mean, all of a sudden they're they were their authority on it. I've spoken about it a million I times. Mean, you how that's many the how many tons of matzo do you oh. think that oh you possibly God. made? in you never think about I, it for one second. Just how many tons? What hundreds did, of tons. What hundreds, did we figure out? Hundreds. It was
0: about, because we, we used to check at the end of the year how many boxes occurred we bought at our stores. Right. So what did we figure? It was about 25,000 yeah, pounds yeah. in the stores now a year it's we're making year. Average it's, it's, by
2: hand? Ten tons. Yeah. That's ten tons a year. <laughs> by, how many are you doing this, like, 80 years now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of cheese. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of cheese. Yep, <laughs> and that's in one store. In one store, yeah. yeah. So you're talking about it's really hundreds of hundreds of tons yeah. of yeah. cheese.
0: And you know what? Besides the kitara, it's by hand. The curd, yeah. we use a pre-made curd because how can you make that much curd? Yeah, yeah. You,
1: but you, you couldn't besides. have all that
2: milk. <laughs> you, you, would you do I, it all that way? I, I had a customer
1: come in the other day, and she goes, "I'm going to go learn how to make what's it I said, wow, I, I I could teach you." No, no, I the, this guy does it from scratch. Oh. He told me to bring a gallon of milk. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> one gallon.
1: One gallon of milk. It's gonna make and a, a bowl a to pound. put in the
0: microwave.
1: Out of milk, you don't get hardly anything out
0: of it. Yeah, right, right. Especially the ultra homogenized, yeah, pasteurized. Exactly pasteurant. Right. Pasteurant, yeah. Yeah. Unless
1: you use a two quarts of heavy cream with it, yeah. you make yeah. something. I right. like, Okay, whatever. You know.
0: Well, you have to step. I've learned to listen to people talk about what they're doing or the classes they're taking or the YouTubes and kind of step back and just let them, because I appreciate somebody who wants to learn. Right. Uh, it's not always great or it's sometimes it's the incorrect way or person to learn from, but one thing I grasp a lot in what I do is people that are interested, in, you know, because you say you, you can make a dough that you fermented for five days with this crazy grain, this, that, and maybe 10% of the people are going to really care. Yeah. But those 10% of the people I connect with the most, you know, it's, Nowadays, especially with pizza, there's ubiquitous pizza everywhere. Whether it's sliced pizza, wood-fired pizza now, or fake wood-fired pizza, whatever you want to call it. And they always say it's like sex. Is there really any bad pizza? We've all had a cold slice at 3 in the morning, and it's and pretty there, good. There is bad pizza. There, yeah, well, <laughs> and there's also bad sex. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's for damn sure. But, uh, but you know, the idea is that there, it's such a swarm of pizza makers now. You know, and how many are putting soul into it? How many are buying? You know, I, I know people that buy dough, and you know, but nowadays you, people are considered authorities just because of one slice of pizza someone has, or because one YouTube right. video, what have.
2: Well, everybody's got these new. Uh, I mean, uh, everybody at home has these new uni ovens and yeah. yard ovens and stuff like that. You know, so there is a great interest in pizza. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Um, hopefully, I'll, we're going to open up a dough business to sell those <laughs> yeah, dough to, know, to know, these people. Right? The uh, but I mean. You know, as long as they, for me, I love to see that people are trying to learn. You know, I I do have people come up to me and ask. You know, they, you know, know, I I haven't run into anybody says has walked up to me and says they know everything there is to know about pizza Mm -hmm. except you know what Italian guys. You know, well, that's uh, listen, We all yeah. know Italian we, guys. they here. You, can, you can't have two Italian guys working together because I'm at the best and you're at the best, <laughs> and they both suck. And I, you know, I, and I had an argument with the guy during the interview, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to tell me how I'm doing everything wrong and this and that. Yeah, and I got to do it his way. I said, I spent. You're the guy looking for the job. Exactly. I'm the one, the guy with the three restaurants. I said,
0: "Why? How are you? How am I doing it wrong?" Well, the problem of of arrogance in food is the biggest problem, in my opinion. I told the story to him years ago. I I, in my store, I hired a guy who. Oh, I worked for David Burke. I did this. I opened that restaurant. This, that, and I showed him how we made one of the things we make. And I said, "This is how my father showed me because oh, he makes it like a shoemaker." I'm like, "Well, listen, I'm 25. You're in a chef coat trying to get a job with me. My father's opened up all these stores and." made partners oh. very successful over the years so <laughs> i guess he's a pretty damn good shoemaker but you did work at a shoe yeah. shoemaker it was a shoemaker you right, was a I shoemaker was. That, i <laughs> got to <laughs> hear this story <laughs> but that's what, that's what i'm saying so let's Hold
2: on. let's hear about the shoemaker that's what i want to that's year. what i want to talk yeah, I gotta about cuz
0: we're going to we want i want to go to the connection now you guys met but first let's go back you came to from italy 1967,
1: 1967 11 go ahead. 11 years old And i got a job at the uh, at the uh, fruit stand on 5th avenue and uh I uh, forgot her last name. And I used to, you know, go in the morning, 4 o'clock, open up this, put the fruit outside, go to school, <laughs> come back and do the same thing. And then next door was a and And my brother worked for a and And these guys used to come over there and abuse me. They used to come over there and beat the crap out of me. So one day they asked me to work with them.
3: <laughs> <So> that's <laughs> how it happened. So I went to
1: work with them. So where is the sho- be... where's the shoemaking going on? No, the, know sho- that- no the shoemaker was before that. My uncle had a place in uh Fifth Avenue and Fourteenth Street. He used to be a shoemaker, and I used to make shoes from scratch, you know, for orthopedic feet, nice. all that wow. all that stuff. And I learned all that technique. I used to I used to do everything that he taught me. I was like maybe twelve when I did that. Wow. I used to make all the shoes from scratch. I used I used to make I used to shine shoes, make shoes, and he used to leave me for weeks sometimes. He used to leave. Wow. And we show off to work. I was like I used to do everything. was <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? He used to go get yeah, like, uh, whatever he did. Uh, but he died, that's why, because he used to go out and get a you pizza know, pizza. he used to go out with girls all the time. It <laughs> left me you They're making shoes. But then, like, when I was 16, I was ready working for a I was walking to work, and here comes Sal. His name was Sal. Oh, Ange, hey, uh, why don't you come with me? I was like, why? He goes, I come to Pennsylvania. Uh, I want you to be my manager my first pizzeria. He opened a pizzeria from a shoe store. The guy, the guy around the corner from the pizza, from the the shoemaker, had a pizzeria. He goes, Sal, look at your hands; they're dirty. Why don't you open up a nice pizzeria?" He finally did in Pennsylvania. Then he, when he seen me, he goes, "Why don't you come work for me? I'll make you my manager." And that was another mistake I made. He, he became a multi-millionaire, <laughs> yeah. from making p- multi.
0: I mean, so I could have been in the pizza business like thirty he, he years. He was ago.
1: making pizza in Russia, pizza all over the country, Dude. uh so I forgot his last name. Anyway, he well, then I seen a Lazanti truck, you know, the Lazanti uh, distributors. He's distributing the <coughs> pizza. Okay. And I talked to the driver. I said, listen, because uh, they were from Pennsylvania. He says, you know, uh, I forgot the last name. Anyways, do you know, sir? Oh, sir, he's, uh, he's a capitano. I said, what do you mean? He, go, he owns the company now. People lasanti foods. Oh shit! So I mean, right there, I lost my biggest chance. I, then I had to go. Why, Chicken or hitting you. Think that is might me
0: in the back of the head. Just think of the room we would have had in this interview right <laughs> yeah. now if we had, if you would have gone nice. the other way. But listen, we, that's one thing I believe, and there's a lot of things in my life too that maybe I should have done that. I've become in the last few years a true believer of everything happens for a reason, and you know, Damn you, right. you end up not finding out until you're out of the shit that the bad things happen or the decisions. And, you know, who knows? I might not be here if you went that way. Right. You know, there's, exactly. you know there's, there's a million things we have that we could lose. I mean, we'd like to lose the bad stuff. You but could there's have a million been things we have. and tall. I could have been. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got the grace coming. I got a little platinum coming. So, continue. No, so, so, then, so
1: then I went to, you know, work for Shigatano. Uh, I mean, I love what I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to be with people, uh, talking to my customers and, Teach it. I love to teach things to people. Like I, once a year I teach how to make mozzarella at the winery in Danbury. It's Shelter Rock Winery. Mm-hmm. I go there and I got 10 bowls out for 10 people making mozzarella at the same time. I was <laughs> part of that last, last year. year. <laughs> Did we have before, This year he didn't help me, but my, thank God my stepdaughter was there.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, at least you're at a winery and you get to drink well, on the job. I,
1: I, I need Danger. a lot of We'll
2: talk about that in another <laughs>
1: episode. <laughs> I, mean, I need a lot of drinking. Try to teach 10 people at the same time, no, don't do this. No, don't do that. No, no, you're doing this wrong. I was like, drove me crazy. Everybody thought, oh. One lady goes, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I know how to make mozzarella. She was the worst person there. <laughs> I was like,
3: it's usually how it goes.
1: <laughs> she goes, so then she asked my wife. She goes, could you help me? She goes, what happened? I thought you were a professional. What do you want my help for? It was it's, So, you know, that's what I do. I love to be behind a counter, talk to people, be in the front of the counter. You know, I, that's what I do mostly, talk to people. Because yeah, yeah. I love it. You know, it's something that, you know, I I mean, that's all I've done. That's it. I can't go back to shoemaking. Not there <laughs> well, nowadays,
0: you know, nowadays you don't even wear You're like me. You wear flip-flops half the time. But no, that's the thing, and I think the education part of food is my favorite part of it. And if it's as simple as telling people about a piece of cheese to buy rather than the same provolone they've been buying their whole lives, or it's making a dough a different way, not just, you know, the the, the typical dough and water, you know. It, it, there's something about that connection with someone who just wants to hear. And hearing, I love hearing down the line, someone like, look, you turned me on to this restaurant or this recipe or this method, and that's all I do now. And I love that part because that's how my cooking and my career has evolved because, like I said, eating the things at Cucina back in the day gave me a taste of something that wasn't, I mean, we used
2: to have rabbit there. I think we used to have all these things. You, uh, your father used to bring in, every once in a while, <laughs> well, he'd show up with a whole goat, uh, <laughs> <chucked> <laughs> like a pig, and he goes, okay, cook this. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So how
0: did you guys, do you remember the, the initial meeting or the time frame? What it was like? How did you guys meet? I'm that dying was, to hear this.
1: Well,
2: uh, we, I met with the shake. So he showed up with the cicatano one day, yeah. and uh, he came in the kitchen. I was, young. let's face it, I was young. Uh, so I was what thirty? So uh, how was I thirty years old? Yeah,
1: I was. Tw- I, I yeah. was twenty four. Yeah, I was twenty four when I met him. Right. So yeah. I mean,
2: so you know, we, we, we young. we were, yeah, both we were young. young. Yeah, both young. we, yeah, but both, I we, we used to be young. I you know, know. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, What do you say? I, I, <laughs> I learned a lot from when I used to watch you do all the cooking and everything. Yeah. I mean, could she, I mean, Cucina's line for, I mean, hence the, I said how big the restaurant was, but the hotline line was thirty three feet long. Yeah. Then we had a pastry oh, wow. shop in the back oh, of it. My oh my And a salad store in front of the salad station in front of that takeout store in front of that. I mean, the kitchen was a 100 feet long. there
0: was two dining rooms, right and and there was then, one well room we opened there. up yeah. one first, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. and then there was the bakery that was wow. the Carroll Street bakery, and we punched another hole in the wall <laughs> <laughs> because after a while, I mean after the first year you couldn't get in there. You'd you really have to you know know somebody to get in there. We, 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 it was that special. And you mentioned was. it
0: was written by Zagat.
2: No, the Times. Times. The, oh, Times the Times. Excuse me. The Times. It was the first restaurant to be reviewed by the Times. Yeah. Because wow. they just they couldn't cool. not that says they something. Do it anymore. They couldn't not do it anymore. I mean, it was just it was just a, it was a such a powerful restaurant. It, no. was, it was a lot of lot of fun. Lot of lot. Of, you know, really just it was a very special restaurant. Actually, I had dinner with some people last night. Some of the old waiters. I mean, you know, all my age, and how we were, we were reminiscing how we worked hard. We were young, we were really, really young. You know, we were thirty years old, working really, really hard. Actually, some of them worked in my first restaurant when I was twenty, and I had to wait for my twenty-first birthday to get my liquor license. And they worked with me there. I mean, we had the name of the place was Scaffolds, and you know, Mimi Sheridan at the time. She would, you know, we used to call up and we were looking for a review. At the time, she goes, oh, I'll never come to Brooklyn. I've heard about you, but I would never come to Brooklyn. She never did. And, and I mean, that was a woman of conviction, mm-hmm. a very strict. You know, she was the critic for the New York Times at the time. But, you know, we had a, you know, we really was we were a group of young people. So all the people that are with me, you know, uh, you know we worked together, you know, at that time, they are all gone on to be very successful in the restaurant business. That's,
1: mm-hmm. that's what and S. same thing. You know, we all started in the same store, and they—they they, everybody went out and opened their own places. That's why you know, you got to look at that. You know, we started from no, nothing, and we—you know—everybody became something. But right? everybody
0: went through a long time of working with oh, you yeah. guys, working with Shikitano, all this. You know, I find that—you know—I worked with you from when I was a kid till I was twenty-five. Nowadays, and I talk about it all the time about people that you know—they try something once, they make it once, or they follow YouTube, this and that, and they—they they don't want to work for someone. I don't need a boss, I don't want a boss, I'm going to open my own place, this and that. And that's fine, and if they're successful, I I never wish anybody bad luck. But I find that growing in a business from, it doesn't have to be super young, illegally, like when I was a kid. But, you know, know, growing. (laughs)
2: Hold on, you were the son. I know. (laughs) Yeah. You're lucky (laughs) he fed you. (laughs) But growing
0: growing in a business and learning every aspect of it, from washing dishes to being the mozzarella maker or the chef or whatever, is kind of dying off. (laughs) It's either it's either oh there's Luna. It's either the idea of you start somewhere, you get a little bit of chops, you go out and do your own. You got to go fund me. You, people hand you money, and you open a business. And is you know that's a, that's
2: a rare opportunity. The reality is, I mean the, the I mean today's in today's world, it's so expensive to open up a restaurant. You know, to, I mean, to, to, for a guy to for a, for a kid with that attitude, I mean, really, either you're coming from a wealthy family mm-hmm. that daddy's going to fund it. But I mean, who would investors going to come after a kid that you know? I did a YouTube channel three times. Well, that's the thing. I mean, one of the things that we do have in common. None of us went to school to be chefs. No, none of us. I mean, we were schooled the old-fashioned way. People ask me, "Where uh, the school of hot dogs?" Yep. I mean, I I mean, that's. I think still to this day. I mean, that's the. I mean, would, would I have learned different things if I had gone to school? Sure. I mean, you you learn some of the different things, but you know the the, the techniques and the and the work and the work ethic, mm-hmm. they don't, you can't teach in a no, classroom. you Can't.
0: Yeah. No, and uh, and and it's a it's a different business that I remember when I was growing when I was a kid. So I don't even know it nearly as much as you guys. It's a different business in many ways, you know. So it's, the education part of it is also going to change. But
2: you're the next generation now, so you're opening up a store.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm opening a new pl- new spot, a totally different design, a hybrid of a few different, you know. Uh, formats and we'll, well see how tell it me goes about your store. well we talked about it the first round but it's going to be uh you know take out base kind of like take an a&s pork store and focus it way down and add in a wood-fired oven and some wood-fired pizza and uh it's uh like i said in the first episode it's a it's an ever-evolving idea right but for uh, me food is
2: i mean every, yeah. every restaurant is uh, you know you don't write you don't write there's one menu and you and you die with it i mean it's always something to see <clears throat> what's going to sell, what's mm-hmm. going not going to sell. What, what you, what, you know, you're getting a lot of, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we expand on mm-hmm. this and that. I mean, once you put your foot in the water, you'll know, you know, you take a temperature. Well, yeah,
0: and and that's what I'm all about. As long as I get to make food, as long as I get to, and just like Cucina, it's going to be 90% kitchen. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> Actually, more, than, more kitchen than, than even front and even more than Cucina. But, you know, it's the idea of, uh, this is it's a it's a creative space that I want to make food. I want to make the food the way I make it, from the things <clears throat> I've learned, whether I do crazy traditional or my version of something, and it's just an idea of being able to educate and to cook and to do it on a terms. and you know it's not a goFundme fuel thing, and that's the thing. It's when I mention places of people that they open up, they put a GoFundMe, they raise a 100 grand, they open a place, sometimes they flop, sometimes they don't. But it's the idea that I worked a long time like you guys under someone to learn and then finally you get a chance. I got a chance at 25 to open my store for my father, and here I am now at 40. I, I feel like those stories are just less and less. That's why we have this podcast to talk about right. the old days, to talk about how things transition. And And I find the idea of transitioning from Cucina to pizza very interesting because I'm transitioning in a lot of ways from the pork store business. to. We're pizza. talking about food, right? Yeah, no, the other transition. <laughs> I mean, you got to clear the air. I already got That's from burgers. But, but, you know, so one thing I want to bring up, because we talk about, you know, evolving and learning different things, I didn't know when we reconnected, you're also, for, as a hobby, and also you're a glass blower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, did, that, did that have anything to do with the glass store that you knocked the wall over to, the, to expand Cucina? No no, 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 no. That's a, a good question. A, <laughs> I was wondering <laughs> the same thing. I've been waiting uh, for was, this moment.
2: That was plate glass. <laughs> so one of the culinary arts is uh, blown sugar. Mm-hmm. And when in my fancier days, in scaffold days, which was really more of a French uh, high-end French restaurant, um, I learned how to blow sugar. So those little swans on your wedding cake are not supposed to be plastic. So I learned how to blow sugar and I was very involved in it and actually I competed internationally and I won first prize. Wow. Uh, in the wow. in the 80s. Uh, blowing s- glass. Blow, blowing sugar. Blow sugar okay. Blowing sugar. <laughs> so I had opened up the food service at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Mm. Uh, and across the street from the Brooklyn Academy of Music was Urban Glass. <laughs> Urban Glass is the world's largest public access glass studio, and it's located in Brooklyn. So I walked in one day, and I said, I'd like to take a lesson. She goes, who are you? I said, no, I'm nobody. No, I'd just like to take a lesson. She goes, well, we give classes. I said, no, I prefer to take a private lesson. So um, Jane Bruce, who's my first teacher, she's a wonderful Australian woman. I'm still in contact with her. And so the same bubble that you put on the edge of a blowpipe for that sugar which is at 300 degrees, you know, you make a lollipop consistency, and you bring it to a malleable f- stage, uh, is glass. But the pipe is 400, four feet long, and it's 2,000 degrees on the other <laughs> end of the pipe. <laughs> so once you get over the heat part, you know, mm-hmm. I had I had the technique of the bubble part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have uh, I have sculptures in Las Vegas and the Venetian ah. Hotel. I have sculptures in Foxwoods. Uh, I have done oh. a bunch of restaurants. That's awesome.
0: And in for Nino and yeah. Greenpoint, that, that big chandelier, yeah. that's sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right?
2: All the, all, the rest, my all, all my restaurants I have I do a lot all the lighting. Do you ever leave the door open? <laughs> <laughs> so you go overnight? <laughs> <laughs> so the reality is, you know, food is the most destructive of all the arts. You know, so the, for the glass the permanence of it is the only thing I have. I mean, we both we all been sitting here, we're talking about ah, mm-hmm. oh, we're we'll cooked for the you know, for the last supper. But the point is, what do we have to show for it? I mean, mm-hmm. really, we don't have anything. So the glass that's having to something that you know we could that's right, tangible. exactly yeah. that
0: you know, and I and I actually never thought of it that way. I'm glad to get that you know feeling of why you do it because to me, food, the only thing that comes from it or remains from it is the memories, the stories of uh, whether it's coming in the back of Cucina with goats or lighting fires in Brooklyn on the right. street, the memories, the stories. Now we have pictures and videos cause we all have the camera phones, So that's right. one thing, but really that's all that remains. And our memories are based on, you know, I can remember flavors and I can remember meals from Cucina or from growing up and we can remember it not perfectly, but yeah, you have a, you have a piece of glass that does last forever really. Right. So that's really cool. I like that. <laughs> I have,
3: a, I have a question I'm dying to ask since you, I, I'm in front of three gentlemen that have been in the restaurant and culinary space for, for years. What's kept you guys in it? Why do you keep doing it? Because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. That much I know. There's hard times, and I'm curious to get into some of the lessons, some of the hard lessons learned, but what's kept you guys in it for so well, why don't long? Why do
2: we ask the old guy first? It's,
1: <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a passion that you have. And, and I came from Italy. We lived in a farm. Uh, we, were, we were 14 in the house. So whatever you, ate wow. was, whatever you ate was from the farm. Some days you didn't have anything. <laughs> so when I came to America and I started working in a I was like, wow, you know, I will never starve here. <laughs> you know, right? And that's, that's <laughs> sure, what made sure, me learn. Sure. You know, I wanted to learn. I wanted to, I, and I wanted to do, because so I was watching my mother make pasta. My mother used to make subasad, prosciutto in Italy, pancetta. She used to make all that stuff. I said, well, why don't I take a little bit of that and keep going with it? And that's how we it started.
0: Well, it's a necessity. I mean, people don't really understand the romanticism of Italian food, especially now, as tourists and, and with social media and these restaurants that, that are whether it's pizza in Naples or whether it's, you know, risotto in, in the Veneto. This is the romanticism, but the real basis of Italian food is necessity. It's what you have in the farm, what you can afford, what you can make. And that's where some of the okay. best dishes we have, whether it's traditional Italian or the evolution of Italian American from the, you know, the, the people that came here to New York, to Connecticut, to Pennsylvania. It's, it was always necessity. I remember one time you, uh, a friend of mine was a real ball breaker. He made a brazzala. We were. I, I. I have a very good memory, and it could be a curse. But I remember he was breaking chops about the Brizolli. He made the set. I remember you had said something along the lines of, "The real Italian food is what we grew up. Is what we had to eat." Well,
2: and that's cucina you know. della Nona. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what it, it. is. You, I mean, you went outside. Yeah. You you grabbed the zucchini. You, you killed the chicken. You got an egg. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had some piece of cheese, and and, and nonna put it together. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, there was no you know strict recipes. No, strict recipes. I mean, no uh, recipe it's now. whatever you whatever you have, and that's. Yeah. I mean that's really I mean that to me I, I that's the type of food I love I mean I have a garden in my house you know we go outside you have a garden out here you go outside you see you got an eggplant you got a pepper you got a this you got a piece of you know super and we make a dish yeah. yeah that's what it is yeah. you know the availability
0: of food was. You know, it wasn't, like I said, I I always go back to the word romantic because it sounds greatly romantic to have your grains from the fields and your food, but really it's, that's what you had to eat. And, you know, of course, you know, uh, when you come to a more commercial setting to New York City, people that migrated here, it was whatever was available that you could afford locally and whatnot. And that's the basis of, to me, real Italian food, especially Southern Italian food is, a necessity
2: of what we're yeah, I mean, eating. Most of it is peasant food. Yeah, peasant yeah. food. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. talk about risottos and pastas and polenta. I mean, polenta. Is, uh, I mean you think about <laughs> what, what these things yeah. were. There's no, you know, this was, you know, especially the southern, uh, you know, type of food. You know, you southern know, Italian. You know, sometimes I have food. leftovers
1: in the refrigerator, in like three, four days, and my wife will take them all, put them together, and make a, a gourmet meal out of them. Like. Uh-huh.
2: You know, it's... They call it jambot. jambot. <laughs> that's what <we're> about. <laughs> It's a name to it. I was like, how did you make this? What, what is it? He goes, oh, the leftovers. I was like, wow, that's amazing, you know? That's but what you it do. It didn't taste good the first time. <laughs> that's <laughs> a, that's, what, that's what I was telling my wife today. That's
1: jambota. My buddy should call it jambota today. But <laughs> well,
0: that's what I love about food is it doesn't have to be a certain, you know, approach to a menu. It's... It's I love the same thing of cooking what we got tonight. We're gonna eat after this, and and I have but once
2: again. Once you have the technique, so once it are revert back to the thing. It's not the recipe. Is once you know the yeah. technique, right? Riley, that she made a pasta, she made a risotto, she made a something to put it together, right? Then you can make anything exactly. exactly.
0: And that's where survival really comes in, because cooking is an enjoyable, we can enjoy our food, and now more than ever for where we're all above poverty so we enjoy meals first it's not a, oh, it's not really a necessity although we need to eat but to me it's the idea of you know being respectful to what you have and to use what you have you know and, and ingredients can be made in different ways and some of the best meals I ever had is just like he said what was left over from the day before or what was over abundance you mentioned to me growing up you guys ate too much polenta i think oh yeah and <laughs> then we had
1: you know you were poor polenta yeah. was the yeah polenta with everything
0: but now you can get a side of polenta for twelve fifteen right. bucks yeah. at, at a restaurant yeah <laughs> so yeah. that's and that's the fu- and you know what it, it, it there's nothing we could do about the commercialism of product, obviously, right. but what I try to grasp on is people that care about what they do and that's why we're here and that's why the show is here because I don't need to be considered a great chef or a great anything, but I want people to understand that what I do and what we do it has the same motivation it's to preserve tradition but it's also to feed people i mean at the end of the day we're here to feed people
1: sure,
2: sure,
0: sure, you know and we feed ourselves as well but you know it's not about flashy you know sometimes we have just tomato salad from the garden sometimes that's
2: th- i mean being a chef is one of the most selfless things you could do because everything mm-hmm. we do is for somebody else yeah that's a great I mean, point you, 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 I, mean, I mean after cooking all night long i mean you're working in the store and isn't Sometimes I go home and have a piece of toast. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I <laughs> well, ate chips I and guacamole eat the last night. <laughs> a piece of toast. There you go. <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah. Yesterday we cooked a huge yeah. charity event for the Ashley Lauren Foundation. We cooked tons of beautiful prime steaks and cheeses and all this stuff, and we ate at midnight guacamole and chips for it. Was delicious <laughs> from his store. It was very good. But you know that's and that's the, the the now you see the memes there of the of the cooks and the chefs sitting on the milk crate. You know, it's yeah. not always that way because now you have to provide someone with a certain time of, uh, you know, lunch and they got to sit there. But I remember some of the best meals I ever had was us in the back of the store on the milk crate with our aprons slid over so we don't get dirty. Well, not that we weren't dirty already. And eating whatever, a piece of bread with a piece of cheese or, or a salad yeah, or something. Right, right, right. And those are the best meals we had because
2: we savored it. We were a star. I mean, well, Something be said for spaghetti al yo yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well, we used to end a lot of parties at the old house back in the day when I still live with you with... You know, like you said, spaghetti, all your... That's right. Drunk on on, uh, homemade wine, which, once again, we're always drinking homemade wine in the show. (laughs) So don't mind my plastic (laughs) glass. I actually just smashed a glass right before we turned the camera on. It's good luck. This uh, this is the homemade wine that we make, yeah. From Shelter Rock? From Shelter Rock, yeah. So um, what I want to know, let's... Before we... uh, Rick, how are we on time? We're good. We're at
3: 45 minutes. I think we're good. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're good. good.
0: So you mentioned that you... You teach now. You've mentioned it before to me in passing, a few different things you teach. But tell me, tell me more about that. Who are you teaching, and and, and what kind of stuff? Well,
2: for uh, for a while there, I was teaching at CCNY, and there was a woman called Ann Nurse, and she was a, uh, a an old friend of mine, and she was an Italian teacher, a school teacher, an Italian cooking teacher, and she was. I mean, she's of the James Beard era and Julia Child era. And I would do her event at the Beard House for, uh, for 20 years. Uh, she's She got a little old. She is older now, and she's in a nursing home. But she's the one that um, really got me involved with CCNY. Mm-hmm. So CCNY, I would go three, four times a year uh, and uh, you know teach a class um, to these kids. So this is where I would start. I would love that it. it's really one of my greatest and gifts that I, 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 you know, 150 kids in front of you, and they're all young, and they got their books out, and they Eager. got their notepad, and I don't want you to re- know a recipe. I don't want you to remember a recipe. You know, it's just like start, start off to get it. I got their attention right away. But uh, and then I would always do a class uh, on a mozzarella and and, mozzarella and uh, pizza, and actually what I would teach them was they had these little grills at the school, and I would teach them grilled pizza. Which is still one of my favorites. But
0: what's this? You keep telling me about these tomato seeds, which I'm going to remind you next year because
2: I want them. Okay. So, what's this, the,
0: toma- the tomato so, seed program? So, uh, that's, that's very interesting. Some people call me the tomato whisperer. <laughs> I like that.
2: <laughs> I have, uh, I've collected seeds throughout the world. And and I, uh, I grow every year about 400 tomato plants. Holy shit. And uh, I give away 300 of them, 325 of them. Uh, I give away to, a, I, I supply a farm out in uh, Remsenburg, Long Island. I do, there's a, there's a youth organization in East Hampton. And year after year, the list gets a little longer, because once I give you my tomato plants, you'll never, you'll never go in place. I keep else. hearing,
0: I, I, I'm, you know, we, we, we grow gardens also. You just saw man, mine. Man, man. And he, this guy is crazy with growing stuff and i'm i'm still learning every year and we're always trying different things and different stuff his house, his backyard is even crazier than mine yeah, and right. plants you know it's it's something i think gardening and as a as cooks chefs butchers it's nice to hear like the three of us and like there's the a sauce. lot
2: of us. i mean you i mean we we're always concerned i mean about the product and its quality there's nothing better than mm-hmm. picking the, the tomato off the vine yeah. And bringing it inside, slicing oh, yeah. it with a slice of... With Warm in food. the sun, yeah, yeah. from
0: the sun. Yeah, yeah that, that's... So I
2: grow so it's about. about 50 varieties of uh, ah. tomatoes every year. Uh, and uh, I have about 200 types, varieties of tomatoes, oh. which is nothing in the world of tomatoes. Um, it's a specific type of tomato that I like. I like a darker tomato. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, They call purple tomatoes or black tomatoes. Yeah. I like striped tomatoes, and they're always looking for a little novelty tomatoes, and every year I can grow a little type of novelty. So tomato. it's all heirloom seeds, and you harvest yeah, yeah. your own seeds every year yeah, for the yes, next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that, or we buy seeds in Italy and shove them in their shoes to bring them back in the airplane.
2: Old shoemaker <laughs>
3: trick?
0: Yeah. The shoes always there you go. get involved. Somehow, always. So, you know, both you keep saying both of you guys are older. I know you've told me many times you consider yourself like the old. <laughs> OG, Whoa. Luna, That's raw right. and authentic. authentic. This, is, this is how this is how authentic we are. We got the dog barking. I'm gonna leave. Let Rick calm her down. Uh, treats are in the cabinet next to the stove. By the way, the tall one. <laughs> so you say you're the OG, the old school. Do you ever see yourself retiring? And by retiring, I mean not working ever. Like I don't see him ever retiring. I don't see myself. No. I see, it and even if it means a, a little four hundred square foot place where you're making spaghetti, do you ever see no, yourself in, in Florida with question. the with the with the Hawaiian shirt I have on?
2: Question. I mean, I mean, the reality is what what the beauty of it now is. I can work when I want to work. Hmm. You know, so I mean, at this stage of the game, I can you know I can you know have multiple restaurants. Um, and I can come in and come and go as I please. So that's my retirement, you know. So if I decide this morning that I, well, I'm going to go sit in the garden and prune tomato leaves, that's what I'm going to do. Well, and well, if I decide to go into the kitchen and you know light up the oven at ten o'clock in the morning and go play with some new specials, I could do that too. So that's my that's my idea of you know of retirement. You know, not not I having to be on the line. Let's face it, at 66, I I'm not on the line every day. <laughs> thankfully and that's success yeah, to a lot of people though actually you know, success, the, yeah. truth, the truth be told i would love to be on the line yeah, every night i know me too i would love to but i have a wife three children <laughs> <laughs> and, and four restaurants to deal with and i would probably miss something would be in the missing especially i'm still doing the bookkeeping oh that's, <laughs>
0: so but that's the thing and and i'll, I'll like what two years ago when you open the the newest store in Monroe, this has had. Oh, I'm retiring. I'm going to work less, and then you open a new store. That's that's so. I know he's never going to I, sit still. I, I,
1: I, I could never sit still. I, <laughs> I, you know, I try, but I I can't. I just I have to be. Even though I, you know, like my partners go, "What are you doing here? I can't stay home. I need to be there. I need to talk to people. I need to make new things and just right. uh, just to be there. It's been all my life. That's all. You know, that's all mm-hmm. I did.
0: And it's the care for what we do is really why. It's a passion that you
1: there. love what you do, and you want to make sure it's done the right way. So I'm like uh, I'm like a Mussolini. I, I'm a Shigatano. Oh, you know, I'm you, a Shigatano. Oh, you know what happened
2: to Mussolini. Right? <laughs> I know. You know that <laughs> story. Well, I'm the new generation of
0: Mussolini. He wasn't hung. He was hanged. Was a huge <laughs> I'm, I'm a Shigatano. You know? yeah, yeah. I slap in the back of the head.
1: But that's you know, that's how I am.
0: But like that's that, the thing. And that's that's what success means beyond... Uh, Cars and homes and multiple businesses, success, the way I see it is being able to do what you love to do how you want to do it. Okay. I don't believe in that whole BS where they tell you that if you love what you do, you never work in the day, day in your life. We work our asses off, and it's not that. But if you love it and you're passionate about it, it's a different approach. Yeah. And you want to go in because you want to make sure that the customers are understanding what you're making and, and understanding the product. You want people to know that you're hands-on. Even if you're not there every day, you're going to your place. We live in a time of absentee owners of restaurants and restaurant groups. And if they have an executive chef or a general manager, that's the core of the restaurant right. where we come from the business where you know, our hands are involved. And, you know, if we're lucky enough, especially on our side, to get people that we can teach to make the sausage or to teach to do all these things, there's still a hands-on approach to everything that we do and we've done.
2: Well, if you don't teach, the art will die. Exactly. You know, simple that's, as that. a, that's exactly what so, it is. I mean, it's our responsibility as chefs mm-hmm. to hand down the, the techniques mm. and, the, and the recipes and the, you know, the, the types of things that we do to the next generation. Mm. And that's how you live forever.
3: That's true That's, that's legacy That's a great And I was going to ask Because something that you guys All had in common In conversation That I picked up on Is you guys all talk about Education being important To each and every one of you And I, I think you're right I think that's legacy Being passed down For generations And generations to come
0: Absolutely And you, if you're going to Leave a mark Like you said when we make food, it's gone. It's eaten. It's it's digested. It's shit out the next day, or or if you, poop in the morning. Depending, I, the, <laughs> I prefer to call it poop in the morning after the first coffee. But you know what? It, it's disregarding the memories and and the pictures nowadays and the evidence of it. It's the education that you leave, right. you know. And there's the memory of people. Like for instance, I've said it again. My memories of food or growing up is my first. My first memory of eating something that blew my mind was a fig from my grandfather's tree that he ripped off and gave me half and the 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 meals we had from stuff coming home from the stores that's going to stay with me forever and i'm going to tell people about that and i want to pass that on to someone and that to me is what food is all about you you can you know just like any business you can do it to be a millionaire or you can hopefully do both be successful financially and you know some of the best cooks and chefs in the world aren't successful whatsoever but the product they make, the focus they have, and what they do is you know we we did a we did an interview with Channel Eleven with Ben Aaron, and you know he asked me about my career currently and i said i i 'm content because I have the freedom to do it the way I want mind you you know it's it's', it's I still have a long way to go to really be in that mode hundred percent I still have to work to pay bills, but at the end of the day, the freedom to do it your way and to hopefully catch somebody 's eye, catch somebody 's ear, and teach them. That, you know, there, there can be, hopefully there's someone making mozzarella
2: in 100 years the way we've made it. Well, in the the woman that taught me, she was Carlos. Uh, Zia Maria, yeah. Zia Maria, that's the lady. She was 90 years old when she taught me, and she put her hand in that hot water yep. to this day. i, 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 I never forget her. She would put, and she would. Uh, she showed me how to do it, and she put my hands in the hot water. Obviously, <laughs> I'm still talking about it a long time ago. Uh, this woman, but you learned from she the same.
1: Of, well, I learned from the same woman, but you know, she used to "Do it. You want to learn how to make myself? Come over here. To shove your hand in, hold it in the boiling water." <laughs> he goes, "You want to learn? You gotta, you gotta put up." So, with just this.
2: for everybody out there who doesn't know, the the, the, the water has to be minimum 165 yeah, degrees at least. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take a shot. Take yeah. a shot. You'll see yeah. how, how how easy it that's is. That's what I, <laughs> I do all the time.
1: Put your head You he said put your hand in there.
0: You're not ready. Yeah. 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 See, I love that. And, and and unfortunately, like we again, we none of us went to culinary school, uh, but we learned from. Elders from people who've been doing it for decades and generations did it to feed their families. I'm sure Zia Maria didn't have a a store growing up. I'm sure she made oh. the cheese in the morning because the cow was milked, and you made the cheese, and you fed the family. That's how it came, yeah. you know. And and the idea that people are 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 accepting the idea that it doesn't have to be a diploma on the wall to say I know how to make food is is something
2: that keeps me no, keeps I'm just, me very. Still, I'm still learning every day.
1: Yeah, uh, same thing. I'm still learning every day. I haven't and, learned. The, there's a, so much more to learn it's ridiculous just
2: as a quick note you know when I was 40 years old I was the chef of Cochina we had you know, all these reviews and uh, stars and everything else I actually had a little bit of a breakdown at 40 years old I thought I can't I can't believe it I fooled the whole world I don't know anything about food I can't, I really I, you know, I realized you know the, the the expression is the more you know the more you realize you know nothing yeah at 40 years old I was having a it was really, really a mental scenario. Like, I can't believe I fooled everybody. I don't know a shitting thing. <laughs> and, and, and everybody thinks I'm great. <laughs> you know? Nobody got sick this week? <laughs> All right, we're good. <laughs> but, you know, to because to, once you, you know, to, it gets to a point, you know, when you're 21 years old, I know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get old enough at 40 and you, know, you start doing this for 20 years and you realize you know, there's so much, much more mm-hmm. out there to learn. Yep. So. I mean, well, you can never, you can never, never. And I really, I, I was like, oh, I can't believe it. I had to keep it like a secret because I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. I don't think I know anything <laughs> because I, I am the owner of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> faking it, faking it till you make hey, it. Hey, but, but there's <laughs> something to
3: be said about that, you know, not to get, philosophical but they a lot of the greats have also said that you know some of the smartest people in the world think they're not smart you know because that's how smart they really are i find that people
0: that think or know who they are and what they know are the ones that know the least i mean i i the people i connect with the most are the most humble people in the food business i've done events with someone like anthony Mangieri, who i respect a lot and we've done pop-ups and spends all the the whole time apologizing to me because the dough sucks today and i'm over here like you know thank god pitching a tent with my apron on how good the dough is so it's the idea of hearing people tell me listen this is food but people telling me that they perfected this or that they they figured this out i find that i'm always figuring some out and i think yeah. it's every few months every six months every year i look back on what i made even if i'm still making the same thing and like well i didn't i didn't really know shit then oh, yeah, you know indeed. and and. That's what I find. And, and
2: live long Live long enough. You'll, yeah. realize, you'll realize how much there is to learn.
0: And I love that. And, and to me, I always stress the idea of when you think you've got nothing more to learn than you really know nothing. You're an idiot. You're yeah, an, idiot. an idiot. You're a exactly. complete idiot. You heard it here. And that's the truth. And that's why we're here, because we're not ego-based guys. You know, we do, you know events together we've been doing recently i've been working with him in some aspects since i'm a kid or and eating the food from our families and from our stores for all these years and the best part about food made without ego is that it's evolving and it's delicious and it's focused because he want you to be happy you know think about it we go to you see you know i'm a big fan of pasta grannies which is great on youtube i I can watch it it all day and night it's amazing you think about this these 90 to 100 year old women who have been making the pasta f- by hand since since they're 10 years old or younger yeah. and they still give the dish it's like one still- of those
2: ladies could crush her Volkswagen with that, right? exactly. and they, but, but they're still
0: eating there and the people who probably don't know anything about food and they're like it's a good is it good and i love that because you know it's fucking amazing yeah, and yeah, yeah. just the idea and i and i feel that something that's ingrained in me from us because we always try to make the products we make the best we can. And it's never like hey, try this you're going to love it. I've had I've done pop-ups with people like, "Oh, try this the best thing you ever tried. You never ate anything like that." Half the time I'm like, "You're right, I never ate dog shit." But uh, but at the end of the day to 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 sit down and say I don't need to learn anymore is the worst part about
2: that's food. when you when you think you know everything, you know nothing. That's when you really well your mind shuts down. And you don't know. You, you can't learn anymore.
0: Absolutely. So, do you? Before we start wrapping up, I want to know: Do you guys have any any? Mind you, this is an uncensored show, but there are repercussions nowadays. So, oh fuck! So, that. So, <laughs> so do you have any any old stories you want to tell? Something to either together or old
3: memory or something if they're giving each other a so, the look they're they giving each uh, other a uh, look
2: he's got more stories than i
3: do uh, <laughs> something tells me you've witnessed some of these stories
0: i'll narrow it down to make it easier because we could and i would love to one day turn the mic on and all of us eat and drink and tell stories and all that but they, tell me something that gave you either an awakening or gave you an understanding that you knew food was going to be in your life, or gave you an understanding of the time. You know, think about something that just stays with you after all these years about when, like, whether it's the the times late at night in the restaurant, or it's time... To- What's a great memory of 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 those days? I mean, I, I always say I wish I was twenty years older to be around back in the day when Cucina was around. When you go to the markets every day and making a thousand pounds of sausage every day, it's a
2: but like what you know. So every every day was a new day. I mean, yeah. when you talk about stories, I mean, you you looking for like some silly stuff that you know the guy burnt it and, yeah. and we patched you know, it up again and again. Tell, tell me you a, a
0: Cucina story, maybe maybe involve Shikitano or something that I want to hear something.
2: Shikitano, a well, good thing he's dead. Because, oh shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> he'd be in right, so I'll give you a well, few There's stories. that. There's that. I mean, he would tell story, He would say things to women oh, that were yeah. so politically incorrect. <laughs> uh, like, I, mean, I don't even want to say it. You know, <laughs> you know I, He's I guess just, I'm becoming Shikitana.
1: They do the same thing to women. <laughs> right, so. No. So I'm you, like,
2: some days I'm like,
1: <laughs> people say. You really said that to that lady, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> she laughed. She loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he used to get away with. Sometimes you don't they I'm don't old. love it. I, I'm <laughs> old. I could get away.
0: Well, no. you've reached the creepy old man <laughs> thing. Where you kind of like, just <laughs> <laughs> ignore. Just ignore him. He's just a creepy that's old man. That's he's harmless. About him. He's <laughs> <old>. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah.
1: He's, he's harmless. Yeah. yeah
0: no. But I remember going to Cucina, and we always chat with Shikitano. And I remember never being able. To, never. I never saw a menu there never remember being able to order everything. I remember we used to eat. We could but have
1: the good dessert when he was there. <laughs> well, the
0: good dessert, that's something we, we talked about when we first connected. the used to do the peaches with the wine all the time. I loved the, uh, the uh, Napoleon. Oh, okay. That was That's something that to this day, the Napoleon, the pasta with the rigotta and cherry tomatoes and the, the pizza, that's uh, – so tell, tell so about the that. the
2: Napoleon was uh, – we actually made our own puff pastry. Oh, uh, I can so never forget that. We made our Napoleon – and so the Napoleon was of bananas and strawberries, and it was a creme mousseline, which, uh, if you don't know what that is, is it's a pastry cream that's folded into whipped cream, so mm. it's very light. And th- so we opened at five o'clock. We didn't assemble the uh, t- uh, the uh, Napoleon until six thirty, mm. because that would be the the thing would last three hours. Right. So each layer we would cu- we would coat in sugar to caramelize each layer. So that the the uh, cream would not go into the f- into the uh, pastry, mushy. and it was three layers, and we'd cut it. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, it, it was it, it, people. I mean, they see it, I mean, like you said that. I mean, it's legendary yeah. that figure Napoleon. I was
1: talking to my daughter. That I was going to see you tonight. He goes you happened to have a Napoleon? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> what he said. We, they say it to me. Did you
0: get the Napoleon recipe yet? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't eat Napoleon cake because it's usually oh, it's soggy, problems. cold, yeah, 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 yeah. cheap cream. And this was like that. Uh, to me, in my head, it's like fresh whipped cream, fresh berries, and this crispy, crunchy. Yeah, with the yeah, figs. So you used to make yeah, yeah. it with the figs. Oh. What Do you remember favorite dishes from Cucina? Mine was the four cheese. And like I said, if I knew it was Gorgonzola back then, I would have I gorgonzola eaten gorg- I didn't tu- Gorgonzola. I didn't touch Gorgonzola until I was probably in my early 20s because it's one of those things you don't realize you like, like the rabbit. When I used, to, I didn't know I ate rabbit my whole life because you told yeah, me it yeah, was yeah. chicken. But like, <laughs> Every, but every like, once in a while, he'd show up with a cup of cells.
1: What am <laughs> no, I going to do with this? No, Dishes, there were so many there. It was just incredible. I never forget that place. I remember one year I went there. It was like ten o'clock at night. The place was packed. It was me, and my brother-in-law. They had no room. He put the table in the kitchen, and he set us down in the kitchen, and we were like animals. Uh, I mean, it was like those 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 things I'll never forget in my life. No matter, even if, when I have uh, Alzheimer's, which I know I'm getting it, I will still remember that. What? What? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's. No, there was a lot of fun. That yeah, was you know, crazy. We had a lot of fun in those days. And things. the
1: breads used to make the garlic breads and all the. I learned a lot from you. I really did. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I used to look up to you. I still look up to you. Oh, uh-huh. because well, you look to... shorter. You better but looks good. <laughs> but I will say, because
0: one thing I can say, to my father, and he knows one thing that I hate about the way time has gone in life is the disconnection and the loss of people in life, and it happens naturally. People move. People get. They hate each other. This and that. I'm happy to say that well, it was two years ago or so now that I got to reconnect right, you guys right, right, after right, about right. thirty years. Yeah, yeah, I haven't you seen you a while. And you know, back then it was Gabuzzella in the kitchen of cucina would probably with a thirty was a thirty foot line. You said foot line. And yeah, now right. and now it's it was a rooftop in fornino in, yeah, in yeah. the in the pier. So right, it's, right, right. You know what? What is what is your what do you see? I mean, obviously we can't you know tell the future. but What do you see the future for yourself?
2: Uh, I'm involved in uh, the beginning stages of a very big project, mm-hmm. uh, which I will have um, probably a thousand seats, wow. uh, three three pizza ovens, and a deck, a uh, big electric deck oven in the basement. I love that. Uh, in, I Brooklyn? Love, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn
0: very cool we're going to wait till the, yeah. we're going to have to tease it in the future maybe get you back yeah. or maybe we can go yeah. live yeah. that'll yeah. be our second for, episode with will we'll have it, to go
2: once it comes out you know i really can't just uh, announce it for, for many people involved in it Absolutely. Um, it's a, it's a big it's a very big project
0: Well, we love so. building up
2: the anxiety yeah. of people yeah. listening it's it's like Get can people's, people's mouths yeah. involved there's a, you know, there's a lot of wow. a lot of stuff i love that can't what
0: wait am, what about what about also i'm asking selfishly as your son like what the hell are you doing?
2: <laughs> what are you going to do?
1: I don't know. Still do what I do. <laughs> make mozzarella every, <laughs> every day. Every day. Every day. Make mozzarella. Take in my garden. That's it. I don't know.
3: It's not a bad life.
2: That's it. I'm going to give you some tomato plants next year. I'll put you on the list.
3: We're remembering this because I'm
0: dying for yeah, this tomato yeah, plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Listen, me and him spent the last trip we went to Italy. It was two weeks. And we went from all the way from Emilia Romagna all the way down to Erpina and... We're the assholes that are going everywhere looking for, excuse me, is there a garden store somewhere looking for seeds? Like, that's what we were doing. Everywhere.
2: Just eat the tomato. If you like a tomato, save <laughs> no, I, seeds I, from I, it. No, but I was
1: I was all over Italy looking for uh, the wild strawberry seeds.
2: Okay. They
1: didn't even, garden center, they didn't even know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Then one day I came home and I went to see my nephew. He's got a garden center in uh, Somers. I said, uh, I told the wife, I said, Jennifer, where can I get these seeds? He goes, I sell them here. The fres de bois. The, yeah. The, the small, the the small the little strawberry. Meanwhile, I travel all over Italy looking for it. Nobody knows what town I was Well, I have
0: about. the ones growing in the They call them alpine sometimes. Alpine, the Alpine They're white, they're called that yeah.
2: White, yeah.
1: But I never, you know, I always wanted these seeds, and I couldn't get them. I come to America. They, there's my niece sells them. Around the corner. Around <laughs> the corner. I'm like
2: <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, we're over here
0: getting our bags checked and held against the wall, cavity searches, because we got bags of seeds. <laughs> <and> yeah, bags <laughs> of seeds. Like, <laughs> but that's what, that's what it's all, to me, that's what it's all about is the hunt for the ingredient or the seed for the ingredient or the next level of 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 the business in it whether it's in uh in in a new format or it's in the same format it's the idea of always growing i mean what do you before we are there we close rick we're doing this is our first like real episode the first episode was rick interviewing me which is nobody cares but how we doing are we good we need, the, we need that.
3: We need that. You to be guys the le- glass. Yeah, totally up to you guys. There's no rules. That's the cool thing about doing it raw and authentic. If you want to wrap it up, just remind people where they can find everybody. Um, you know where the stores are, where the restaurants are, what you're doing, so people can find you. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's do talk that. About for sure. you a
2: little bit because you're, you're talking about the, well, the, well uh, me and him. I mean, okay. what are you going to do in this store? I mean, uh, I know that you've, you've had uh, you know this little store. You want to do what you want to do, and hmm. I, I mean, Lord knows you're the king of Porquetta <laughs> <God. laughs> which. We, we bought that porchetta and we actually cooked it. I don't know if you know. I have the, I'll show you the video of it. We cooked it over an open fire. Oh, you did? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah five hours. Five hours. That it came out beautiful. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, that's going to uh, be
0: part of it is the focus. Porchetta will be heavily focused on. What I, with the, what I described in the first episode is basically what our businesses were over the years was mainly focused on more so the customer which is the most important cuz they pay the bills of course but in that we we did lose a lot of what we did at home and what my grandmother did your mother did and the way we ate things and cuz it just gets lost in translation or sometimes you you know especially in the past when there wasn't an understanding like you can you can google anything now and find it or youtube and find it it was recipes changed because of you know the customer base and the availability what i want to do is kind of bring that back get rid of that I want to make the things that we made it how we made it at home or how my nonna made it. I want to make it the way we do it. And and over the years, I know you've had to, I'm sure you've had to sacrifice plenty over the years to doing it a way that would be more acceptable or understandable, especially in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Now people hear of products and dishes from the middle of nowhere because you have the Internet. But, you know, we always made, for example, our Pizza Rustica, which, you know, I found out years later was my you Nona know, probably called pizza Kiana. Pizza Kiena, yeah. So, you know, we made it a way, which I love, that's more Americanized, more acceptable. And now my new place, because every year I would make, you would make, or I would make, or both of us would make my Nona's recipe, as close as we could get to it. I want to make that now, because now mm-hmm. people are going to eat it that way, because that's how I want them to eat. Because I
2: think that will be more popular today. You know, so it's they're really those authentic, authentic Something that's not so commercialized.
0: Yeah, not so commercialized, but also it's... I. My favorite part about food is the story. And whether it's a story of what we did while we were eating something or while we were cooking something or what I ate growing up and I was an asshole as a kid and didn't like the mint in the food and now I could put mint in everything and, you know, chicken on the bone, all these things. When you're a kid, you kind of don't... I don't think I ate broccoli rabe without being
2: forced until I was probably 18 that's years probably old. A quiet taste. They didn't yeah. eat caviar when I was four years old either. No, but it?
0: that's how it is. But, you know, I want... Where we had to, over the years, do so much for the masses. and I want, But I want the masses now to come and, and enjoy it, it the will. way we make it.
2: They absolutely will. I've had your food, Thank and you. it's delicious, and there will be lines beaten to your you. So. Right.
0: So. But it's going to be, it's focused on story, and this is why this podcast is here also, because I want to talk stories. I want to connect with people. I, I used to be ashamed of the fact that I didn't understand the business part of it, or I didn't understand restaurants, or I didn't understand I knew the stores, the pork stores and making cheese and helping customers and making sandwiches. But now I love it because when I go out in the, in, in these events I do with other chefs or I'm in the food shows, expos, I don't, I, I hear people talk about food or product or buying. It's like I can't even relate you shouldn't with
2: do it. Nothing to be ashamed of. No, I, just, you just Beat Bobby Flay. I know.
0: <laughs> well, that's well. Yeah, let's say you say you never watch TV, but you did watch. TV, I yeah. watched that it was watch only because I heard of
2: it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're very, very. I've had a lot of food of yours, and you're very, very Man. talented. And I've talked to you a lot about food, and granted, yes, you're not a restaurant chef, and you don't own a restaurant. But you know your food and your passion for food is really. Mm. I'm sure that your restaurant, your, your store is going to be very successful. Thank you. And you're going to have a tremendous career. I'm, Thank you. I'm, I'm positive yep. that.
0: I owe what I do to guys like you guys because I learned it that way from you. And it, it's it's – the, whether it's the focus on the work and getting it done or the focus well, on the no work and getting it
2: right. You, 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 you know, whether you want to call it the old school or you, know, you hear that expression like, oh, you're old school, you're old school. No, I'm not old school. It's the way it's done. Exactly. Anyway, I, there's no shortcuts. I mean, exactly. you don't take any shortcuts in food. I mean, it's very simple to make good food. It's really yeah. very simple to get good yeah. food.
0: It really is, and that's when, when I do cooking classes or when I, when I get questions from people on Instagram about things, I said, cooking is easy. And if you're struggling, most of the time it's because you're overthinking it. Yeah. So you
2: know I mean, I mean cooking—you know—it's not how many things you do to the food. how many things you don't do it to it. Exactly. You know, so you just leave it alone. If you want to put, cut a piece of meat, you know, cook a piece of meat, you know, seasoning this and that, yeah. a little seasoning, this you know, uh, on a grill or an oven or a, on a pan. Mm-hmm. It's not you know doing it two or three times. You do this, you that. You know, sometimes the simplest ways to do Absolutely. things. Yeah, that's are the uh, that's, best.
1: Uh, that's, um, I feel the same thing.
0: All food Can't should be. be based on simplicity. Because yeah. really, what we are, as whether we're butchers, pizza, pizzaioli, or, or chefs, is these are ingredients. I mean, of course, there's are shit ingredients. high-quality
2: ingredients. And don't fuck them good up. Good techniques, and you'll be a star. Yeah, that's what it's all about.
0: And that's what we're focused on here, because we're going to interview farmers who grow produce or producers of pasta or olive oil. We're going to interview chefs. We're going to interview butchers. We're going to interview... Wine importers. We're gonna and the focus is still gonna be on the product and the simplicity of the product and the purity of the product. Because you can listen, you can put forty ingredients to make an amazing dish, but you can if you can make me a dish with two, three ingredients and make and blow my mind. That's what I I love the most, and that's what I think that is, is something that all of us have have done. And over uh, Cucina was a very respected, famous restaurant, but it wasn't foams. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, crazy bullshit. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was focused on the taste.
2: A simple piece, you know, of a protein and a garnish, a sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really not topped, wrapped, you know, scrubbed. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so we'll, 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 now we'll go back to it. And so tell everybody they can find you. It's Fornino.
2: Fornino. It's Fornino.com, F-O-R-N-I-N-O.com. Uh, we have a few restaurants and you come and. Come and take a look. Have and, a
0: piece of pizza. And the name, you told me uh, a while ago where the name came from.
2: It's my mother's maiden name. I love that. It's that's my beautiful. Name. But it also means little oven. Little oven. Yeah, which yeah. So can't I, be I, I, I always wanted to use it. You
0: know? I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm naming my business Al because that's where my father's from. And it has, even if it's going to be other parts of Italy influence as well, it's... The idea that I've always wanted to use a name that really brings it to sure. a more personal level. Yeah, 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 well, we've been A.S. Porkster. we've been A.S. Porkster be for years. People think it's Angelo and Son. Is it? What's your name? Is it end with an S? It starts with an S? So now it's like this is unequivocally what we do. Right. So the fact that I love you that. you got to give me that A.S. today.
2: Anyway, yeah. he's, he's long dead and buried. <laughs> <laughs> he want. been family one5 want five percent.
0: And we know, uh, like you mentioned, Monroe, Norwalk. Yeah,
1: no, uh, Monroe, Connecticut, and
2: Norwalk, Connecticut. And it's Angelo Specialty, Specialty, which season. finally has an Instagram.
0: Thirty one years <laughs> later, has social media of some sort. Yeah, but
2: I, hold on, I don't do my Instagram. No, I Give him a break. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone, someone else should do it besides him. And that's a different story. I know how to
1: turn on a phone, and that's it. It's <laughs> but but both yeah, very good,
0: not bad. So, that's, so that's, this, is, this has been a great episode. I want to thank you guys yeah, for yeah, coming. No, no, Thanks for inviting um, I'm gonna, us. I'm going to cook fun, a nice dinner for us now. You know, I just want to say one
1: thing. Uh, out of all the original a and all the old school guys, yeah. there's only five of us left. Really? There's only five. Uh, all the other ones are all passed away. Wow. So I'm like, uh, I think I'm the fourth in line. To go, yeah. <laughs> so two more have to die before yeah. you to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. it sounds like a Harry Potter plot. That's right That's a yeah. hell of a you way to call finish them up an episode. How they're
3: feeling? <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Jennaro, hey, how you
3: feeling? <laughs> Did you ever think about putting life insurance policies <laughs> on Mario and, and Joey? <laughs> oh my god! And we
0: were with Mario and Bruno in uh in Florida yeah. a few months. Ago, it was last year? Last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a uh, it's a uh, Mario's Meat Market in uh, Fort Myers is. is, is is Vincent Pica, and his father, Mario Pica, and yeah. and then Bruno, who was your boss back in the yeah, day. He's Bruno
2: from Island. Yeah, Bruno, yeah. Oh, he's, my God.
1: He's, he's retired. And That's his brother owns the store, Mario. He used to own the stores in Mesopiqua, and Franklin Square, and o- right, all o- right, stores. Right, right, and right. So.
0: This is what we need to do for another episode. We need to get another cog in the wheel from back in those days and get down to the nitty gritty of you may uh, need a <laughs> wheelchair <laughs> or a
2: shovel <laughs> <laughs> and a police escort <laughs> <laughs> for lawyers for the best lawyers in the country
1: <laughs> bring guns money everybody's getting
2: frisked Gun before money. you come in <laughs> Gun, money and lawyers <laughs>
0: oh I love it so um, again that's fornino.com and it's also fornino on Instagram There's Angelo specialties on Instagram as well uh we're going to, I don't know if you have a pre recorded version of it, but we are sponsored by Hardwood Brothers. Hardwood Brothers just supplied me with a, a shitload of wood for the Ashley Lauren Foundation uh, event yesterday for uh, supporting families of with children with cancer in New I'm Jersey. I
2: saw your pictures. Yeah. It was a
0: great event. We, I had, it was like 90,000 degrees out, but I still built a huge fire and grilled about 100 pounds of steak. And uh, they supported us for that. They were one of the uh, sponsors. And, uh, they, again, pushed us to uh, create this platform, which is unscripted, unedited. We have wine. We have fire. There's nothing planned. We, fire, two seconds over a cigarette, Rick and I talked about, okay, what <laughs> should we start with? And, you know, it's going to get better as it goes on. and may get worse. But, you know, I hope to have you guys back in one this way, or This
2: could shape, be the, the height of it. Yeah, I mean, this is that, that, I, mean it. I don't know if you're going to get any better Episode two, no. we're going out on <laughs> <up> top. <laughs> Kid's
1: little... <laughs> Broadway next, <laughs>
0: but it's been uh, it's it's been great talking. I think we've 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 gotten through a lot, but I think we could probably do another ten hours. But I'll save it for more because you know more content, more episodes will bring in more uh, sponsors. Sponsor us, uh, but uh, thank you again, and I'm gonna hopefully. You know, give you guys a great meal now Thanks before we lot. go, and Thank uh, you. Thank and check us out. We're gonna we're gonna create an Instagram soon, I think. Let's make this official. Uh, go on hardwoodbrothers.com. My code is Angelo A N G L O. Get a discount on great kiln dried firewood. And um, you know, uh, hopefully, I uh, hope you enjoy the show and give us some feedback. Tell your friends, and you know, tell us who you want to hear from. Also, you know, if you if you have a chef that you want to learn, this is not. There's gonna be no influence. There's gonna be no gimmick bullshit chefs. These are gonna be people that we admire for what they do with food and what they don't do with food and and how they approach it.
2: Have a good night.